Hey everybody, uh, this is Seth, one of the usual hosts here on Headspace. Uh, before today's episode, I just wanted to give a little warning. Um, in Headspace, we talk about all the things that could be floating through your head in the space that's filled in your head, and sometimes the head goes to some darker places. Uh, so I would like to preface this episode with a warning. If you are maybe not having a good day, if you've been feeling a little down recently, um, skip this one. No hard feelings at all. Uh, we're going to get into some pretty grisly topics here. We're having a guest who is quite into true crime, so we're going to be having things such as murder discussed um, and you know a lot of darker topics. There's another trigger warning in the episode, um, but I just really wanted to put this out there. Thank you all who have listened, and we should be back to our silly, goofy antics uh, next week. Thank you. Good morning, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Headspace, uh, where we uh, are very inconsistent with our intros. However, our love for each other is always constant. We are joined by our uh, very lovely hosts today. We have... In one corner, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Ethaniel. Hello. Hi. And in the opposite corner, we have big man, big brain, Sethina. Totally duty, everybody. And in another corner, we have myself, Josephine. Woo, yeah! And we are also joined today by a very special guest. We have one-time Grammy-nominated college dropout, Tara Collins! Hello, gentlemen. Lovely to be here. Yep, lovely to have you, too. Um, so we're going to just go ahead and start off today's episode with a little uh, quick questionnaire from Tara's Wikipedia page, because she is a Grammy-nominated person, so she does have a Wikipedia page. So starting off, um, it says here, Tara, that you are female. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Okay, that's a great way to start off. Um, <laughs> second question. Um, it says, during your teenage years, you fell from a 20-foot tree. Um, now, what did the most damage? Was it to your ego or to your body? Well, I would like to start off by saying, first of all, that Wikipedia page's source is incorrect. I was in the fifth grade when I fell from a tree. So I was probably about nine or ten years old. However, I digress. Um, the most damage I would say is definitely done to my ego because now I have TMJ and that limits me in some of my um, uh, often frequent jaw movements. I don't even know what TMJ is, but cool <laughs> use of uh, abbreviations. Um, I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> I have lock jaw. Fancy term oh. for lock jaw. Oh. That, that sucks. That's tragic. That yeah. sucks. Uh, j just a little word for the audience um there were other people in that tree that could have saved tara however uh, none of them tried to so um that's a nice little um great little thing to add to that um <laughs> yeah i've got some beef but it's okay um and then also you live with four dogs two ferrets and a boyfriend uh the dog names are bailey max duke Koga, and then the two ferrets' names are Radar and Frank. 
I also they... have a cat. His name is Lucas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then your boyfriend, Corey. Um, now, I'm not going to worry about any of them except for Koga. Now, you just got Koga, say, about like six months ago, something like that. Um, no. And you... I got him last March. Oh, so it's oh, it's over a year now. Time um, flies, yes. It, yeah. it feels like a few months, but yes. Um, and you got him as a puppy, and you were able to actually name him. Was that correct? That is correct. Um, it was, we had a list, but it was more Corey's, um, Corey's deal to name Koga. So he's the one who pretty much thought of and determined the name. Yeah. So for the listeners, if anybody knows the, um, what Koga is, it is pretty much a uh, place in Pokemon. Uh, isn't it a gym, I believe? Yes. Uh, so Koga is the gym leader in the first gen Pokemon series. And he, in my opinion, is the superior gym leader. Yes. Um, now, Koga. Koga is a nice name. However, uh, why didn't you go for, you know, cooler names like Jared Leto or Margaret Thatcher? Uh, why didn't yeah. you name Koga? Any, or any John Koga? Wayne Gacy. Exactly. You know, I would say if I had the um, option of naming him, it probably would have been a little bit more spicy. Um, Corey can be kind of bland. Uh, we also had another name set out, um, Entei, which I think was, you know, it was all right, but it's not very suiting. Koga is definitely more suiting to his personality, but I think I would have chosen something like Barack Obama. Oh, throwing in uh, the man. I like He's to be diverse. Man. That's a really good Oh yeah, that was that was a very yeah. diverse answer. Um and so speaking of Jared Leto, uh your friend actually met Jared Leto um at a meet and greet, was that correct? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Um and with within that meet and greet, uh she s- showed him a picture of you and you were turned down by Jared Leto. Um, how does that feel? Like, did that anger you? Did that, uh, you know, throw you into a depressive state? What did it do? Actually, it was more confusing, to be quite honest. I mean, I was right up there with his type. I was a minor. (laughs) Oh, wow. Alleged. Allegedly, yes. Um, yes. Alleged Leto. (laughs) Okay. Um, Seth... Speaking of that, have you guys seen Morbius? No, okay. Uh, <laughs> Morbius was talked about on like fucking episode two that got deleted from <laughs> Void, so I'm not talking about that shit again. Movie of the year, Morbius. Hell yeah. Um, now, Seth, and that's the end of my little questionnaire from Wikipedia. Seth, Ethan, do you guys have anything you want to uh, spice up the conversation with? Um, I would like to add a comment that I think Pokemon is a shit franchise, and I'll leave it there. Ooh, you have struck a nerve with Terra. You know, I can... It's fine. There are... It's fine. Between You know, I can, I can, I can appreciate his opinion, but I will say that I think Pokemon's the greatest franchise that has ever been released. Next well, to now Mario. You're, now you're just wrong. Now you're double wrong. <laughs> that is inherently wrong. I, I'm, a, I'm a very basic woman with very simple taste. We'll just say that. 
You ever heard I of think... Minecraft? Minecraft. <laughs> I was quite the uh, I was quite the Minecraft player in my time. Yeah, I was not was... very good at it. Especially with how we got Minecraft uh, through a lemonade stand that we were yes. able to raise the money for. I was quite uh, the entrepreneur uh, when I was younger. Oh, yeah, we should we should say that just so that makes sense. Uh, they are related. They are siblings. Yes. Um, if our last names didn't um, give it away, Seth's comment right there. Yep. Gave it yep. all right on the coffin. Right on the head, right on the head. Yep. Um, so... Ethan, Seth, do you have any last-minute things before we delve into this week's topic? Um, I think it was one of her pet's names. Um, can you roll me through them again? So we have the ferrets' names, uh, Frank, Radar, and then the dog. Oh, yeah. Where? How did you get Radar? They are both MASH references. My boyfriend would not let me have ferrets, um, but I ended up just asking nonstop for about a year um, because that's how I pretty much get anything that I want from him is I just keep asking. So uh, he said as long as he got to name them, then I could have them. So I was like, you know what? I think that's a fair trade. I was going to name him Randy, but um, Radar's close enough. So yes, they are both MASH references. That's yep. old. Wow. Yeah, MASH is... I've only ever seen a couple episodes of MASH. It's a really cool show. I like it. Um, however, you know, it's not for everybody's taste. I see them no, constantly it's... at Comic-Con, but I don't know if I would ever watch it. It's yeah. a very old show. You have to have a very specific um, taste for television to watch MASH, I think. Um, or be geriatric-aged. Yes, that boomer age. Yeah. Um, the Tara Collins taste. <laughs> exquisite. Um, but if that ends this little portion of the podcast, I think we're going to go ahead, delve deep into the main topic for this week, and that is true crime. Yes, you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. True crime, the, the rave that has been going around the internet for the past, I'd say, about a month um, everybody's talking about true crime, um, which is honestly just crime. Um, so, uh, viewer discretion is a actually listener discretion is advised since you know we'll be delving into you know true crime. Um, so, topics, yes, dark places, and dingy corners. Let me say again, we are about to talk about true crime. Yes, not not false crime. I I yeah. would assume. Yes, not there will be crime. talks of true crime. <laughs> um, so it will be true. Just <laughs> nail that in. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead have Tara start us off with today, since she is our guest. So Tara, you do have a story. Um, go ahead, you know, talk about it. Okay, so I am obsessed with true crime and have been for pretty much my entire life, um, and I have read. I out hundreds of hours, thousands of hours of true crime cases. I've seen documentaries. I've seen everything. Um, and this is one of the very few cases that genuinely disturbs me. Um, so I would like to start off with a massive trigger warning. Um, violence, torture, mentions of sexual assault and rape. Um, so again, listener discretion is advised. 
This is one of the more popular true crime stories that many people have heard of, um, unfortunately, because it's just so awful um, and what happened to this woman. Her name was uh, Junko Furuta. She was a 16-year-old student living in Japan. Um, she was attending high school. Um, she was really well-liked. She was really attractive. Um, she was active, and she really enjoyed attention. That did tend to make other people jealous. Um, and she also was not really into smoking or drinking or drugs. And at her high school, there was a culture. There was somewhat of a gang culture. Um, the gang was the Yakuza gang. And there was this member of the gang, Hiroshi, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, so I apologize, uh, Miyano. And he had a crush on Junko, but he wasn't really looking for a relationship. Um, he was known as a bully around the high school. Uh, and very, very seldomly did people tell him no or reject him or anything like that. But Junko had the pretty much the balls to say no. She didn't really fear him. Um, like other people had. And mind you, this takes place back in the 80s, the late 80s. So there was a, the culture was a lot different than it is today. So um, keep that in mind. So on November 25th, Hiroshi and three other teen boys that were his friends, um, their names were Joe Agura, um, also known as Joe Kamisaku, uh, Nobaharu Minato, and Yasushi Wanatabi. Um, they kidnapped Junko and held her at Minato's parents' house in Tokyo. When she was kidnapped, they forced her to call her parents and pretty much say that she'd run away and she wasn't in any danger because they knew that there would be a massive manhunt out if, you know, anybody suspected that she was in danger. Yeah. Um, she was way too scared and she obviously wasn't able to foreshadow the things that were coming to her. So she did comply and she assured her parents that she was safe. She was staying with a friend and that, you know, she was not in any danger. Um, and what was really crazy about this case is several times Minato's parents did come to the house while Junko was being held there captive. And at first they had her pretend to just be a girlfriend of one of the guys, but the parents realized after a while that she was not a girlfriend and she was definitely being held captive. So, you know, you'd think as soon as the parents found that out, they would do something. But unfortunately, they did nothing about it. Um, they feared retaliation from Hiroshi because he had ties to that gang. So they wanted nothing to do with it. So they just stayed silent, unfortunately. Um, and because of their silence, she endured a 44-day nightmare that went from November 25th to the very beginning of January um, of 1989. So during this 44-day nightmare torment she was humiliated by just pretty much being held um naked 99 percent of the time she was unfortunately raped every single day both vaginally and anally um, by more they think more than 100 men were thought to have raped her um, from that yakuza gang um, at one point in time she was raped 12 different times um, on one day and she was approximately raped more than 500 times um, throughout the whole ordeal so wow absolutely insane um jesus yeah it was horrendous and unfortunately she was beaten continuously throughout this whole ordeal with their fists their feet um they would bash her face against the concrete floor they would use golf clubs um an iron bar pretty much anything they could get their hands on to just hit her with they they would hit her with and unfortunately 
it didn't stop there because she had objects also forced into her as well, including iron bars, bottles, roasting needles, skewers, scissors. Numerous, numerous items were um, unfortunately put into her. Um, she was frequently urinated on by these men and many members of this gang that would come over, obviously, to just um, humiliate her the whole time. She had a very, very limited supply of food and water and oftentimes would have to, like, eat roaches that she found on the floor or drink her own urine to have any sort of nourishment. And, like, I can't even imagine, like, having to go through all that and i can't imagine the fact that she even lasted 44 days doing yeah. all of this the and the fact of, like willpower you'd need oh yeah strength like that's crazy and the craziest part was that like she had no will to live and i i've heard many true crime stories where people detail you know the reason why i survived is because i had this will to live you know for my kids or my significant other or my family or you know whatever reason you might have um but she had no will to live in fact she begged every single day for these men to kill her and they they wouldn't yes see i can't it sounds like it was like the people like wanted to keep her alive um you know, to have, you know, their little fun, because uh, they probably thought that, that was fun to them. And yeah. so did she end up surviving or was she killed after it? Unfortunately, she did die. Um, and, and it's crazy because a lot of the things they um, I'd only previously mentioned about half of what was done to her. Um, she had fireworks put into her rectum and, and fired off. She had um Parts of her body, sensitive parts of her body, ripped off with pliers. She had dumbbells dropped on her abdomen, causing her to lose, you know, control of her bowels while her hands and feet were tied up. She was hung from the ceiling and used as a boxing bag. She was kept in a freezer for hours. Um, she had her eyelids burned with lighters and hot wax. Her pubic region was also burned with lighters, cigarettes. Um, they put sewing needles into parts of her chest. She had a hot light bulb put into her and rubbed until it exploded inside of her. Like she, oh yes, this was extreme. And they, this was solely because she rejected this man um, and his romantic advances, though he wasn't even looking for a relationship in the first place. So this was just purely out of like the fun for them. Um, and unfortunately she did pass away from this. Well, I would say fortunately for her, she did pass away because Nobody wants to have to endure a fraction of what she went through um, because after all of this, you know, when she was like a fourth of the way through this ordeal, she could no longer breathe out of her nose because she had so much blood pooling internally and, you know, her organs were obviously very badly damaged. So she couldn't really eat or drink. Like if she drank, she would just um, pretty much throw up immediately. She couldn't mm -hmm. keep anything down. Um, as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> probably you know that's going to happen when you're being repeatedly just beaten literally um, checking all the boxes above pretty much yeah and unfortunately obviously you know she wasn't able to control her bowel movements or anything like that so she was punished for soiling herself as well so Jesus. yes and she was beaten for that um one night 
she when the men were drinking very heavily they were all you know really drunk she did manage to get a phone and she did try to call the police um unfortunately they caught her and they punished her severely um, by setting her feet on fire and having more bottles put inside of her eventually you know because of all these severe burns her bruised muscles she after 20 days she wasn't able to walk she completely lost her ability to walk hold herself up she couldn't hold anything in her hands because all of her bones were broken her nails were cracked off like she couldn't pretty much function um and during this ordeal you know you can imagine it's november december january um it's cold especially because this is in japan it gets real cold in japan winters from what i've heard Mm. um she was forced to sleep outside on the balcony this entire time. Ah. After 30 days of this, she couldn't urinate properly anymore because she had numerous severe internal and external injuries. Um, at one point in time, it was taking her over an hour to just crawl slash roll to the bathroom um, to even try to relieve herself. But obviously that wasn't really working very well. Um, Her eardrums were badly damaged. Her brain size was significantly reduced um, after all the lashings. Um, So yeah, like I said, she begged her captors to just kill her and get it over with numerous times. They found it funny, to be honest. Um, They didn't have any remorse. They were just like, nope. It's pretty much a game to them. So, Um, And ironically a game is what ended this whole ordeal because on january 4th of 89 they challenged her to a game of solitaire and oh my god she won she beat them like hands down beat them after going through this just entire ordeal somehow managed to beat them in solitaire i couldn't even imagine doing that Hmm. um that's but like I'm... the biggest fuck you to her captives. Like yeah. even anything, everything that she's been through to win a game of solitaire is is like I said, the biggest fuck you. To pretty captives. much, yeah. And it was her, it was her final fuck you, pretty much to them, um, because because she won, this pissed them off so bad. So they began by beating her with an iron barbell, and then they set fire to her legs, her arms, her face, her stomach, her in general. Um, and because you know she was so malnourished, she was dehydrated, she had so many internal and external injuries, she was uh, completely unrecognizable. She did not even look human. She slipped into a state of shock and did die the following day. Um, unfortunately, the men just tossed her body in a 55-gallon drum, and they filled it with concrete, and they just dumped the drum in Tokyo. It, was Whoa. her body ever found? Were they it, ever arrested? This is the part of the case that is the worst. After, you know, you've, hear, you've heard all that torture, all that horrendous... And I did try to even censor some of that, so you can imagine what a lot of the <laughs> details were. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, they or fortunately they did find her body. They found it very quickly um, because they set it in just like the middle of a populated area. Um, 
these men were caught. However, their names were withheld from the courts like and being released because they were juveniles. Hiroshi was like 18, I think, like freshly 18, and the rest of them were only like 17 and 16. So these were like teenagers doing this. These weren't grown men. Yeah. These are, I mean, like you're not a, a complete child at, you know, 17, 18. You're a teenager, but it's just crazy that somebody that young can be capable of what? Doing horrendous things like that. Exactly. All solely out of because one of them was rejected. The mm-hmm. other three had no personal involvement in a sense. So it's they just did it. Um, sorry. It's interesting that their names were withheld. I kind of want to know like Japan's laws about these things, because in America, if you do something heinous enough, you can just be tried as an adult, even if you are a minor. Yeah, yes. even yeah, even at that point, at not even heinous or heinous, you can like kill someone at the age of seventeen, and you can still be tried as an adult, whether or not you just shot him or not. Um, that is because, true, depending on the be, state. Yeah, because of the fact is that you know you're seventeen, you, you're not even a juvenile at that point. You're on the verge of being an adult, and you are grown enough to know, hey, me killing this person just because either a they broke up with me. B, I've had some sort of personal vendetta against them, or just flee C, fly out saying, oh, I just hate them, so that's why I killed them. You know what's right and wrong, and so being trying as an adult at that point makes sense because, hey, you're 17, you know you're not supposed to kill people, yet you just did so. So, yeah, you're going to be trying as an adult even if you're 16, hell, even a 17, hell, even if you're 16, too. There's like right. that point, there's that age point where you're like, Okay, even though that you know you're you're under the legal adult age, you're still gonna be trying as adult. You still know the difference between right and wrong. Exactly. You should and, at least like yeah. And that <laughs> yeah, was just you flat should. out wrong. That was flat out like yes. Like Seth said, heinous. That yeah. was flat out heinous. I mm-hmm. think I don't. I honestly don't even think there is a word for what what happened or like heinous to me heinous does not cover it enough because like obviously that's the best word you can come up with but it's just the things that happened to this 16 year old girl were just it was like a monstrosity like they were pure evil monsters i there's no redeemable thing for them and a lot of people think when you're young and you make a mistake, you know, you can be redeemed. But the stuff that went on with her is completely unredeemable. Like, you cannot, you, can, you can't There's change. There's no coming back human. from that. Exactly. Yeah. And now, they were tried as juveniles. They were tried as juveniles. Well, but they were given what the courts thought were an adult sentence. A lot of people in Japan were furious that these names weren't being released. So a brave, brave journalist um, with one of the local papers straight up printed their names. Said <laughs> wow. They, because of what they did, they were not entitled to human rights, period. So he yeah. did. He printed them. As he should. As he should. Let me guess. He got a, he got a jail sentence. I actually did not research on what happened to him. So if anybody is curious and yeah. wants to find out. Yeah, let me um, pull that up real quick. Feel free, but uh, yeah, he did release their names, and the most disgusting part of this entire ordeal is three of those men 
all of the men besides Hiroshi, the main leader, they were given less than eight years in prison. Wow. Hiroshi was given 17 years initially and then appealed. And the judge was like, nah, you actually deserve 20. So we're going to give you 20. But regardless, all of those men are out of jail and living life. Alive. Alive. Wait, roaming. They're out of jail? Yes. Yeah, by yeah. now they should be. Dude, mm-hmm. that, that shit happens. Or maybe it's just like kind of a uh, availability heuristic. But that shit happens more often than you think in Japan. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to segue away, I don't know if you're done with yours or not. I am. I'm completely done. That is all okay. I had. Um, I've got one thing. To... Oh, okay. Ethan, you're, you're good. I just want to say, as of knowing the Yakuza my entire life, I think that is one of the like craziest things I've heard that the Yakuza yeah. has done. Yeah, I was going to actually talk about them. I, I think... You know, the Yakuza were like the 1920s mafia of like the equivalent of like the U.S. They are very big. They are very, you know, um, prolific in Japan. And I think that's one of the causes of to why they weren't tried as an adult, because one of them did have a Yakuza uh, tie. And I think that um, the the courts felt like they were going to get some sort of. Um, retaliationary and yeah, retaliatory uh, act from the yakuza. So I think that's one of the main causes of why they weren't be- given a huge sentence. Yeah, that is a theory. Yeah. Um, that is a theory good... I've read. Mm-hmm. And for those out there that don't really know about Japanese news and whatnot, um, like big stories are someone stealing bikes for 30 years and so they just found out like it's just like an old man just stealing bikes no one ever said anything and he just lived his life and that's like just to put it into perspective how crazy this is yeah. like the for a monthly news event in japan it's like someone pulling out a gun on like a banana on someone literally not even a real gun like the amount of crime that gets reported isn't even that like to that level. Right. I just think that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, this was it obviously I that's why I say this is one of unfortunately the most popular true crime cases because of the magnitude of not only the time period it was done in, because like I feel like, you know, if that were done modern day, I don't feel like unfortunately it would be too much of a shock because of I just feel like modern day there's a lot more crazy things that happen but like for this being 1988 1989 and you know Japan and this happening to a 16 year old girl like yeah like you were saying the magnitude of that happening was uh, astronomical like that that was just unheard of it just yeah. did not happen yeah it takes a lot of it, it takes a huge huge story to reach uh, the western world and yes. yeah, like and e- like Ethan was saying, you know, you don't hear any crimes happening, you know, say in uh, Germany or you know Japan that makes it to America because it's all like little things. But for this story specifically to reach from Japan to America and have it be like a very prolific story that 
still to to this day is being talked about it takes a huge thing for that to happen absolutely i um i have uh just to segue off of that a story about uh this guy in japan this is this is a more popular one uh the rolling stones actually made a song about it called too much blood um sorry but the guy's name was Issei Sagawa. And I want to say that this happened around the time that, uh, that the last crime we were just talking about, it's somewhere within that same time period. Um, I haven't read up on this one in a while, but I'm going to go from memory here. Basically what this guy did is, uh, he was a really good student, you know, typical good guy, really good student. Uh, and he had this, like, I think a tutor who was teaching him German. Um, and he made some romantic advances on her. She said, no, he made a couple more. She said, no. So eventually the guy's like, okay, I'm gonna find out where she lives. And he goes there while she's sleeping. And he's like, Hey, uh, are you interested? He asked one more time. And she's like, no, please get out of my house, please. Uh, and then he's like, okay, then. So he proceeds to kill her. And then he eats her corpse, right? He becomes a cannibal. He starts eating her. And uh, he, once he's done, packs up the body in a suitcase, what's left of it, and then gets a taxi and takes this suitcase in a taxi to a river where he dumps the the suitcase into the river. And then uh, nothing goes on for a while, right? Then eventually the police come and knock him. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, you got some ties here to this suitcase we found. And he's like, all right, you're right. So uh, his family are rather upper class in Japan. And he's like, hey, uh, do you guys want to maybe buy me a plane ticket to another country for a while? And they're like, yeah. So the guy avoids the police, goes to another country for a while. And uh, they try and charge him. But some loophole makes it so that he can't be charged because he's in another country. And then he comes back. And now this guy is just walking the streets of Japan, an entirely free man. And he's done interviews. And on these interviews, he says, before he dies, he would like to eat human flesh one more time. So I think that's just a little fucked up. Wow. Yeah, anything having to do with cannibals is a little messed up. That um, that reminds me of that uh, the German dude. I know Seth, you know, yeah, you know uh, him. Um, I'm not going to delve deep into it just because of the fact, like, it is messed up. Uh, so there's this uh, German computer repair technician. His name is, I'm probably going to butcher this again, uh, Armin M- Mives. Um, and pretty much this dude was also a cannibal. Um, he, at that time, there was like this dark web type uh website called the cannibal cafe which was a forum for people with a cannibal fetish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he advertised on said website that he was looking for a normally built 18 to 25 year old to be slaughtered and then consumed oh i remember this okay a 43 year old engineer then answered the advertisement and they both met up um they first started off by making a videotape um, 
of them uh, eating his pee-pee. I'm not going to say the real word for it. Uh, His his genitalia. Yes, his genitalia. Murder and all this fucked up shit, but we stop at the word penis, Joe. Come on. Fine. They amputate his penis and then they both attempt to eat it together. There um, you go. Before doing that, the man um, named Burned Jurgen Ar- Armando Brandes, he swallowed 20 sleeping pills and a bottle of cough syrup, uh, which caused him to slow breathing and extreme tiredness. Right. Uh, they both then tried to do it. Uh, they attempted, they didn't do it. And so Mives used a knife to remove it. Um, they said it was too tough to eat. And so they fried it <laughs> with salt, pepper, wine, and garlic. Rocky Mountain oysters. Exactly. Um, mm. And Mives then ran the, ran the victim a bath. Before he w- proceeded to read a Star Trek book uh, while checking on Brandes every 15 minutes while Brandes lay, lay in the bathtub bleeding to death. Um, he then, Mives then killed him by stabbing him in the throat and then hung his body on a meat hook. Um, it was all recorded on a four hour videotape. Uh, Mives then dismembered and ate the corpse over the next 10 months storing body parts in the freezer under pizza boxes and consuming up to 20 kilograms or 44 pounds of flesh. Um, he was then arrested in December 2002 um, when Mives um, then tried new advertisements for victims. Uh, investigators found uh, searched his home, found the body parts, and then um, it, uh, arrested him. He was diagnosed with schizoid personality and deemed fit to stand trial. Uh, he was convicted for manslaughter and sentenced to eight years and six months in prison. Only eight years. That is crazy. Now, this one brings up quite the moral question, though, because you you, pref- you um, very much focused on the words only eight years. And I think the reason he only got eight years, no matter how controversial it is, is because the other guy consented to it, right? Uh, yeah, that's... That's what I was thinking. Actually, in April 2005, a court um, ordered a retrial after prosecutors appealed his sentence, arguing that he should have been convicted of murder. Um, On May 10th, 2006, a court in Frankfurt uh, convicted Mives of murder and sentenced him to life imprisonment. So he is, yes. Um, All right. Now, the only reason why I know about this case is because a band that I listened to by the name Ramstein released a song called Mind Tile, which uh, translates to my part. And it is a it specifically references uh, the Mives case. That's interesting. Two bands now who have done shit about cannibalism. Rolling Stones with too much blood and Ramstein with my part. Actually. Actually, there was countless bands, such as Marilyn Manson drew inspiration from it. Um, Ozzy Osbourne did mm-hmm. released a his twelfth studio album, Ordinary Man. Uh, the album includes a song called "Eat Me," which was inspired by the case, um, and then others that I have uh, other bands that I have not heard of. Um, so yeah, um, 
very messed up case. Um, and it seems like a lot of these cases have to deal with, you know, cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Or, and or for sexual graph- graphification. <laughs> there, yeah, there is a sexual component in a lot of the true crime cases. And it's not necessarily... It's not all necessarily sexual. Sometimes it's about power as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, unfortunately, yes, a lot of the cases do have a sexual component or aspect to them. It's a heavy trend. Oh, yes. Um, <clears throat> okay, so after doing some thinking, I actually have two quick cases that I thought about. Um, so is that all we have to wrap up on? Well, I do, ha- I do have. I have okay. one more as but well. But yes, you can, you can, yeah, you can continue with your uh, cases, Ethan. Get you a little bit of a speaking point in this. Yeah, I just felt bad. <laughs> so, um, one case that I do remember uh, hearing about a lot for like about like, let's say five to ten years is the Genie case. I don't, I can't, I don't know her last name. But um, this young woman, let me pull it up real quick. That way I'm I'm not messing it up at all. Um, So Jeannie, she is known as the feral child. It's actually a big case, I think, for psych classes. Um, Sociology, I learned about it. Yeah, sociology. Um, But basically she was kept in a cage for 13 years. And um, after 20 months, or let me rephrase this, after her being born, when she was around 20 months, that's when her dad started locking her in um, the cage. And whenever she had to go to the bathroom or anything, she was strapped to the toilet seat. And um, she also didn't know how to talk. She didn't know how to um, act, how to think. Like, she went through extreme physical and emotional abuse. And um, I'm pretty sure the way she was rescued is... Um, I think, yeah, her parents had had an argument. And then... um, Trying to think. Sorry, I'm trying to read this. That way I don't actually say anything wrong here. Uh, while he's researching that, follow Headspace on Instagram. And Apple Podcasts. And Podcast Addict, whatever that is. Nice little um, shout out for us. Murder plug. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I don't know how she was rescued, but from what I've seen... She is finally rescued in October 1970. And I think she was actually just having her 60th birthday. Um, and there's actually not them like, her afterlife isn't really talked about as much. But if you guys are interested in case studies, I definitely would research that one. I think this, as long as I'm thinking of the right person, this was a case that sort of established um, that the human brain after the age of like maybe three or four, if you have not started learning 
uh, spoken language, you will never be able to learn spoken language, which is an interesting thing. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird how that mind develops like that. So like you can learn you you can learn other languages at any at any point in your life, but if you haven't learned at least one by like the age of three or four, or at least started to learn it, then yeah, you you never will develop uh, language skills. Yeah, a lot of ling uh, linguistics. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, say that kids between like the age of I think five and eight actually have an easier time of learning a foreign language such as like German, Japanese, um, stuff like that than um, adults because their brain is still developing and so it's easier for them to learn uh, foreign languages than um, say in like high school when you know you have the ability to learn other languages. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know if Ethan is uh, done with his case or not. This is just a small little case that um, has stuck with me for a long time. Um, so this story did appear on Reddit. Um, don't go on Reddit because it's a cesspool. Um, but anyway, um, my older brother Chaz actually sent me this um, Reddit thread. And pretty much it was this uh, dad who uh, went on to read it and just pretty much told this entire story. Um, so one day he was, um, you know, seeing weird behaviors with his dog. Uh, the dog seemed very skittish. Um, it wouldn't uh, respond to him well. It was very tired, afraid, and stuff like that. And so he took the dog into the vet uh, to, you know, see what's wrong with it. Maybe, you know, uh, it has like some sort of disease or uh, illness that could be affecting it. And they, you know, did all these blood work tests, stuff like that. Nothing came back um, as, you know, positive to any sort of diseases or not. But when they were doing, like, the physical examination of uh, the dog, uh, the dog's name was Colby, um, they did find a um, widened anus of the dog, which implies that the dog was sodomized. Um, so the dad was very, um, you know, concerned, worried that, you know, maybe someone snuck into the backyard and did something with the dog. Um, and so, you know, he took back and he took the dog back to his home, you know, watched it very carefully, you know, seeing if uh, something might happen again. Um, and while the dad was actually cleaning his son's room, um, he looked onto his son's computer, uh, preferably his history of on the computer his website his, his uh, internet history and found him being on forms and um you know stuff like that of bestiality so that was an immediate red flag for the uh the father and so he sat down the son and was like hey colby was you know sodomized um do you know anything about that um, at first, the son was very, you know, uh, distant. He was like, no, I didn't, uh, I didn't do anything. I haven't seen anything happen. Um, and the father didn't say the, any of, like, the internet history um, at first. And then after the son denied all the uh, things, the father then told him, hey, I looked on your computer. There's some stuff on there. And that's when the son broke everything. It was like, yes, I did it. I didn't know I was going to hurt the dog, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. And the father was like, okay, don't do it again. Okay. You really hurt Colby. 
help yourself. And so nothing happened for about a couple months <sighs> until it happened again. Of course. He actually oh caught the son doing it in mid-act. Oh God. And so at that point, the father's like, okay, dude, you have a problem. I'm going to board Colby for a little bit so that you know. Oh, he punished oh. the dog? Well, it was more of like a... For its own good. Yes. I would be boarding the sun, I think. Yeah, he was on oh. 4chan too much. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, they, you know, nothing happened. He, uh, The father did not tell the mother because of... He didn't want it to be like a big thing. Um, he oh yeah, by the way. Yeah. Um, until it happened for a third time after he brought the dog home. Um, Jesus Christ. And that's when he was like, okay, I'm telling your mom. The mom was very angry, not at the fact that the son sodomized the dog, but at the father for not telling her. Uh, Yeah. Um, So they had a falling falling out. Uh, They proceeded to uh, the mother proceeded to leave for a little bit and that's when everything starts going down more and more downhill than the uh, initial story um the mother took the dog and the son because she didn't believe that the son was doing it the son actually persuaded the mother that the father was sodomizing the dog oh lord <laughs> yes poor dog um so the they they both split they both had a divorce hearing and everything like that um a couple months after the divorce after the father was kicked out of the home he's been he was sleeping in motels and hotels and stuff like that um he gets a call from the mom saying i found our son sodomizing the dog for a fourth time and that's when the father came to the home didn't say a single word and took the dog and left Thank God somebody did something good for this dog. Yes. Uh, the father then, you know, didn't speak to the mother or the son at all for the rest of, uh, you know, for eternity. Um, he married again, and the dog actually managed to survive till the age of, I think, 12 or 13 before oh. it sadly passed. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, um, this was a Reddit story about seven years ago so yeah the dog is uh sadly dead um which goes to show um it's it's a good thing that the father actually did um breach his son's privacy because if he had not have done that he wouldn't have known who was doing it and and so i feel like the father even though that he didn't tell the mother and tried to keep it a secret, he had the dog's best interests in hand throughout the entire thing. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a sad case of where you're the main person trying and having to decide what's best and what's wrong for everybody. And I felt like, even though that you know the dog was sodomized four times and he. And it took a couple of the things to actually 
make a rash decision. He he did good throughout the entire uh, ordeal. See, I I want to disagree because, like, well, I guess I'm not a parent, so I guess I wouldn't really understand the parent's unconditional love for a child because my child would have been sent somewhere after the probably the second time. Yeah, but. Uh, check your kids browsing histories parents apparently um that needs to happen especially if your kids looking up bestiality online um and i definitely uh definitely would have told the mother right away would not have kept that from her and i definitely would have gotten the police and or multiple mental health experts involved with this with this kid because clearly he's got some some issues yeah, exactly. you would you would have thought that the teacher or the dad would have reached out. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, like this is something that needs psychiatric attention. Like that can't cure itself. He's like almost as worse just for keeping it. Like for not saying anything about it. Like he almost enabled it by not doing anything about it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can see that, but I don't know. He. It was just a. I mean, I feel like hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, everyone in the story is at fault. Like, yes, the dad didn't tell anyone. The son was on four chan too much, and the mom just didn't believe the dad at all. And then they dog just shouldn't have been as cheeked up as it was. It was so. It. It was so more played out than it should have been. It should have been like after that first time, like, "Yo, dude, what?" One and done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think. I think going back, I do believe that the son was admitted to some sort of therapist. I'm not completely sure on it because the Reddit thread has been deleted. So I, this is just all from memory. And with Tara oh, then so. saying something about uh, therapy, I do believe that the son was admitted to therapy, um, but it just kept happening. I so, like how... Sorry, City. No, no. I like how this guy, his fucking life is ruined by his dog getting sodomized by his son. And his first instinct is to be like, hey, Reddit, my son fucked my dog. Ask me anything. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, some things are just some L's you just need to keep to yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well he I, yeah he he used Reddit as a give me advice thing. Yeah, that that was the whole thread thing was hey my son. How do you advise on that? Because <laughs> I don't know. Because like. I don't know. Hearing other people's opinions on what they would have done somewhat helps uh decide for you I, i'm not sure um but i don't know if he was doing it like constant update like hey just found my son sodomizing the dog um talk to you guys in a couple months uh to give you guys an update i don't know if it was like that or i if it really was- hope it wasn't like that <laughs> yeah dude fucking reddit i spend a lot of time on reddit because i'm a disgusting fucking troll um and I, I go on these, like, advice forums and shit that they have, like, r slash advice or whatever the fuck. And the people on Reddit will ask, like, the most mundane shit about rela- – like, Redditors, their first instinct is always fucking nuclear. So, like, I remember one time I read some shit and it was like, um, 
my boyfriend and I had a disagreement about how we should spend my birthday or some shit. And what, like the top fucking comment for advice was you need to get rid of him. You should run away immediately. That's a red flag that he disagrees <laughs> with you. on. Something. <laughs> That's a red like, flag. sis. Yeah. yeah. They just, they go nuclear instantly. That is crazy. Absolutely. I don't, I'm not on Reddit, but I have seen like, um, you know, screenshots of subreddit and like the comments underneath them. And my boyfriend is also on Reddit. Um, so he shows me some stuff sometimes. And yeah, I feel like their first thought is automatically just worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah You're being abused. You need to leave. This is gaslighting. Cause you know, they learned <laughs> all those words on the internet. This is not based behavior. It's woke <laughs> language. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I've got one case and then I'm done. Um, so this is something that actually happened recently. Uh, I'm assuming the three of you might know this one. Okay, so back in 2019, there was a 17-year-old Instagram celebrity, right? Her name was Bianca Devins. She was a 17-year-old oh, girl. Yeah. 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 And she was an e-girl, okay? And so she would, like, post on Instagram, like, a bunch of um, quote-unquote e-girl stuff, I guess. I don't really know how to say it, but... um, kind of content. Yeah. Like, for captions, just for reference, doesn't match my shirt, but here's some more picky pics. So, um... She was actually pretty popular, and, uh... Back in 2019, she actually was going to go to, she actually was about to attend college after high school and everything, and she started using something called Discord, okay, which is actually what we're on right now. Um, by the way, go check out Headspace. <laughs> uh, that was a bad plug. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, she lived in Utica, New York, okay, and... When she was on Discord, she actually joined this Discord where, like, she just wanted to meet people and be friends and all this fun stuff. And one of the Discord mods, right, uh, he actually would make advances on her every now and then. Time after time, they started growing more closer to each other. And then, uh, I guess they became a quote-unquote thing. So... Uh, the beautiful man, he's known as Brandon Andrew Clark. Uh, and he lived in Bridgeport, New York. And it's about like an hour from Utica, apparently. Uh, they were both wanting to hang out and actually like go do something together. That's just alleged. We don't know like the true car facts or anything, but, um, because there's there's two narratives to the story. They either both wanted to go to the concert or he followed her. So when they would talk, he would say like unnerving things like you're my little kitten. No, I'm kidding. But like he would say really weird things and it would just like not someone that you really want to be around. And you could tell that he had some problems going on uh, mentally. But... A few 
I'd say yeah, a few months later after they they talked for a while, um, they wanted to go to a concert, or at least she did. Devins, she wanted to go to a concert. Uh, it was a Canadian musician, Nicole Dollenganger. I don't know if I said that right. I apologize if I said it wrong. Um, but Clark, he was supposed to be her ride home, supposedly, and um, for some reason. I, I guess when he was taking her home, it was in a US or a SUV and he actually just killed her right there. And the thing that makes this really popular is the pictures he's took. The pictures he took of her, of the murder, and everything that entailed that. So after he took pictures of her, um, he took one picture of her actually and the SUV with her head, um, or she was beheaded. Um, that was, that's the famous picture that at least I've seen, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, sorry, this story, like, is bringing me back to when it first came out. Um, yeah, seeing it, it's a, it's, it's an F story. At least when it was happening at the time, it was just like, Jesus Christ. Um, but there was more photos that surfaced on Instagram and Instagram actually got a lot of hate. They got they they got a lot of uh, backlash for keeping it on the platform because they should have it should have been like dealt with so much quicker than they actually got it off because I like literally everyone that I was talking to at that moment like we're just talking about it and like unfortunately we're sending it to each other. Yeah, um, that that's the problem is that with Instagram it's such a huge platform and if everyone's posting it it's so hard to get rid of it fully because mm-hmm. you, you you know take down one post and the next minute there's eight other posts with the same exact thing that reminds me of the time on instagram do you guys remember um when people were posting those pictures where you had to scroll for like a full minute to get to the bottom of them yeah i remember oh yeah very uh <laughs> very stark contrast and difference. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It just reminded me of that. Yeah, that... Uh, when you ever actually, like, see the aftermath of a murder, whether it's a picture or a video, it's so hard to actually talk about it because yeah. you're actually seeing it for the, f- for the first time, whether uh, than just saying, oh, yeah, this murder happened. I never saw the pictures, but, you know, I actually... Saw it. There's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, like when you see it, like for example, when I saw it, it was back in 2019. I was what, um, 16 or 15. I was just being stupid and like, whoa, that like that's crazy. Like I wasn't really like taking it in, but after time, like thinking about it every now and then, like I've talked about it before with Maddie and whatnot, and like. Whenever I think about it, it's actually worse because I like I'm actually like I don't know how to explain this. I think thinking about it is worse than like it happening right in that moment. Like the the experience afterwards, like having having to remember it. Like the, I can literally remember the picture. Just yeah, from, yeah. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but no, it's very I know unnerving. what you mean. It it and there was a very famous case of um, like. I kind of agree with you where you're saying like you don't really know how to react when you see something like that 
there was a politician in the 80s who killed himself on live television. Yep, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Bud Dwyer. And it's crazy because it, I think it ended up coming out that he was innocent. Like he, I think someone set him up or something. And that's why he killed himself because he knew he was going to get um, convicted. But he maintained that he was innocent up until he died. And I think it was, it did come out that he was. But I mean, so many people saw him blow his brain out. Yeah, because it was, yeah, yeah, like it was live TV. And the only reason why I know about it is because, like, so many other popular cases of, you know, of that happening, there was a, band named filter who actually made a song called one shot a hey shot hey man nice shot and it is about that case and i don't know if horror stories on youtube actually did make a video of it i think he did did. yeah he did and so that's another reason why i also heard about it and seeing and like we've all said seeing it is completely different from just reporting on it because you're actually seeing a man, you know, blow out his brains or, you know, seeing a, the aftermath of a murder. It's burned into your skull. Yeah. And it's it's so hard to actually talk about it because you're actually seeing that picture or that video while you're talking about it. it is. It's the same as in the same case with uh, Luca Magnota. He's a, um, they did an entire documentary on him on Netflix, actually, the documentary don't fuck with cats that's about the luca mcnota case so if you have not seen that documentary i highly recommend watching it it's really messed up and it's gonna make you really sad but it's really good um and he was he he was one to post snuff films online um and obviously people saw them and they didn't realize they were snuff films because a lot of his movies would start out with kittens and they didn't realize at the end of the the film the kittens were going to be murdered in some horrendous way but then that escalated and um turned into him actually doing it to a human being um and he ended up murdering this man on film and and cutting him up on film as well um and he actually sent one of his body parts to i believe the prime minister of canada because this took place in canada um, and it was actually, it wasn't that long ago either. So there's lots of cases where people have unfortunately been subjected to snuff films against their will. And I think something definitely needs to change about that. Cause I mean, we all just saw this. I'm, I don't know if we all did. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm speaking for myself, but we, a lot of us saw the snuff film for the shooting just the other day in Buffalo. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's it's becoming way too normalized, and we're becoming really desensitized to it as a society. I feel like. I think I think uh, it's it's sort of gross how we have these insane like neural networks for finding if there's a four second audio clip of a Metallica song in a video, but it can't decipher if somebody is being killed on a video. Thank you. Like, Thank it's, you. It's really kind of gross that that's. A yeah. Thing. The, uh, and a lot of like, if you use a, a popular artist song in like a YouTube video, yeah, your video is probably going to get taken down for some sort of copyright thing with the quickness, but yeah, we can't take down snuff films of mass shootings or in the video of that, um, the kid on that amusement park ride who ended up yeah. falling to his death. Yeah. yeah. It, that just went around. So yeah, I completely yeah, and my my girlfriend's trying to get me to go to Kings Island. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> well, oh if God. you do, I used to live right next to King's Island. Um, just don't go on the drop tower. <laughs> yeah. I don't plan on it, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but, um, what was it? Uh, so, three things, real quick. The Just an update for everyone who was uh, interested in the Bianca Devins case. Uh, Brandon Andrew Clark, the murderer, he actually... Um, let me pull it up again real quick, because I actually just wanted to make sure that something happened to him. And he didn't just get away with it, which obviously he wouldn't have, but... Oh, no. No, he wouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, you know America actually... nowadays. But... Yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah. So, in... 2021, yeah, in 2021, he actually got sentenced to 25 years of life. And he admitted to killing her as well. Now, and see, those type of charges, I don't understand. 25 to life? So does that mean that he's getting life in prison plus another 25 years? No, Quickly, 25, 25 to life. Or life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You uh, can, if, if you don't get without the possibility of parole, you could get on parole after. I think you're eligible for parole after 25 years if you okay. get 25 to life. Yeah. So that's why they do multiple life sentences. I yeah, think he, he tried to plea and uh, the judge refused it. Yeah, because uh, thank you. I'd lock him up and eat the key. Eat the yeah, plan. yeah. Because how, how do you plead any cases where there was flat out evidence of you, say, a video of you actually doing the murder? Why do you plea it? You know yeah. what you did. You posted somebody, it. Why? Somebody, uh, a, a good while back got off on a murder. Uh, for arguing like temporary insanity, so that's why. Temporary? Also, <laughs> you're also either this, insane or you're not. This is actually really bad too. So he, when he posted those pictures, uh, he posted one of them on Discord and said, "Quote unquote, sorry, fuckers, you're gonna have to find someone else to orbit." What? And if uh, you guys don't know what orbiting is, orbiting apparently is a term to use. To describe men who lurk on a woman's on a yeah on a woman's social media accounts in the hopes of having sex with her, yeah. Um, so Jesus, yeah. and he on um his Instagram account he was also posting um uh pictures of him driving on like a dark road or whatever in his car, and he was like captioning it. Here comes hell. It's redemption, right? Like uh, that's fucking gross. And this is the this is worse too. He changed his bio to um October 6, 1997 to uh July 14th, 2019. I'm guessing that that's her her birthday and her death date. Yeah. Yeah. Th- so, that is terrible. That is yeah. horrible. He wanted the attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he reached so hard to try and get that five seconds of fame, and we gave it to him. We sadly yeah, gave him that time to where we all talked about it, and we're like, yeah, this guy's fucked up. It, it's mm-hmm. not... To them... It's more of, oh, I didn't kill her. I 
put it out there for me mm-hmm. to get, you know, that fame on social media, which is, I don't want to say this because I'm going to get lamp blasted for it, but I feel like that's up at it and on the same level as murdering her is trying to get it out there. Yeah, like trying to expose it that much. Yeah. Um there's there's a good video series on YouTube where it's like the narrator he just like you basically analyze this hour clip of someone that convicted a crime and it's like a psychology type of like study and uh one of my favorite videos from them is this guy that tries like he tries to act act insane. Like, literally every time that a cop walks into the room, he just starts acting like he has, like, some disorder or something. And then yeah. when, when they leave the room, he's completely fine. Like, Yeah, isn't that YouTube, like, JCP Psychology or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can, only, you can only blame, like, some people are just naturally just evil in general. Like, yeah, some people might have had a lapse in judgment with, you know, a mental health crisis or whatever. But some people are genuinely just evil. You can't. Sometimes there's just no reason as to why they do the things they do. They're just they're just going to do it. Like Edmund Kemper, the co-ed killer, he didn't have a bad upbringing. He had a fine childhood, like completely normal. You know, you hear some serial killers, they have some crazy childhood where they were abused and, and neglected and bullied or, you know, this or that or whatnot. Then there's some people like Edmund Kemper who had a fine upbringing who he just killed because he was messed up. Yeah. Some people are just that way. They're just unredeemable. I think the scariest of all, like of all things when it comes to just bad people is the people that when you ask them, like literally just face to face, if they did it and they if they enjoyed it and they just quick responses, like quick responses that is terrifying. Like Mm -hmm. they they they're literally not even second guessing it. Like that's what they want. Like Kemper was one of them. Yeah. I think he's same one who was like the interviewer asked if he would if he ever got out would he do it again and he was like oh yeah 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 i would definitely do it again mm-hmm. wait 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 what did that guy do ed kemper um he was the co-ed killer he killed like a bunch of college girls and stuff he was the one who's oh. like he's like the dude who's like six nine or something he's like this huge guy wasn't yeah. he the one with glasses too he was kind of yeah built. he's got yep. the glasses and that like kind of like that mustache. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's the same mm-hmm. exact. He's the co-ed killer. Wow. They just have that like. I don't want to call it persona, but like whenever you th- you think of serial killers, like if even if you have like no sort of like exposure to serial killers, whenever someone thinks same. of a serial killer, yeah, they all look the same. Yeah. Yeah. They just they just have a way about them. Like yeah. Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, you know, all of them, they just have. Honestly, no I feel way. like Ted Ted Bundy was like the odd one out. Like he was well, the outlier. It, a lot of people like to say that he was this attractive, charming man. He really was not. He wasn't attractive. And apparent, according to a lot of victims um, who like escaped Ted Bundy, like he wasn't that charming. He wasn't more charming than any other guy. He just he was slightly more attractive than an average guy 
and I think Zac Efron glorified him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, Ted Bundy and Dahmer have become way overly glorified. There's far too many movies about them. It, yeah. It, it, yeah, they've become really yeah. glorified in this society, and as well as Richard Ramirez as well. Yeah, I, I think the people who make them. Yeah, I think the people who make the movies and glorify them are on the same par as like that dude who killed Bianca. They're giving them the attention, even though that, that the crime wanted. was done like twenty odd years ago or thirty. They're still talking about it. So I feel like the you know Netflix, you know indie uh, movie developers who are still making serial killer movies on um, Ted Bundy on. Ed Kemper. I think they're still. I think they're at fault too for creating these um, documentaries. These uh, some of them. Well, some of them like to bring awareness, and it, some of them I feel like do have good intentions. They are. Yes. But if you're, t- you have to tell them through the victim's perspective. You have to clear this stuff with the victim's families. You have to, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of moving parts. I feel like you have to do to do it tastefully and respectfully. Um, but there are some people who make these true crime movies or whatever and they will straight up discuss with the victim's family and the victim's family will say no we don't want you know we don't want to do we we don't want to be a part of this we don't want you to do this and they will still do them so in that case yes that is a hundred percent wrong um but if you're trying to do it tastefully and in a way where you're bringing awareness to maybe an issue you you have to be very careful about how you're presenting it i think like yeah like documentaries documentaries yeah, yes. documentaries are good because they're all informational. They're all, you know, interviewing victims or interviewing, yeah, inter- interviewing yes. surviving victims, you know, interviewing if said person. But if movies with like, Zach Efron aren't necessary. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Them actually creating like a I like a drama. Yeah. Though though I understand if this was based on a novel by the by you know, the lady who was with Ted Bundy. So like this was from her point of view. This was her perspective. I do feel like I did see the film myself and I do feel like there was some moments of like romanticizing and slightly yeah. glorifying. Yes. Yeah, that would also make sense too, like because if she viewed him as like more attractive or, you know, whatever, then I then I think Zach Efron would fit that accordingly. But yes. And um, I did like the movie My Friend Dahmer. That one was in my opinion, done slightly more tastefully. Now there are some people who would uh, disagree with me, I'm sure. Um, but I, I do like that they didn't try to focus too much on his crimes and like the the shock factor behind his crimes. They kind of did more of a, a documentary of him growing up and understanding maybe why he did the things that he did instead of glorifying the things that he did and and making some grisly gory movie about it of course yeah um there so i do want to talk about something really quick uh so with desensitizing things right just i think myself growing up i've been exposed to many things i don't think i should have ever seen or heard i think especially even now, but um, I think a good message to everyone out there, especially if you're on the younger side, be careful, like yes. do things really carefully. Like if you're, 
gonna do something like the gauntlet <laughs> or yeah. God. like that that was one of the things that just struck me to the core because I don't know why, but when I when I was a little bit younger, uh Seth and Joe, you actually were over. Yeah. Um yeah. at the house, yeah. And we watched the gauntlet. That's like an age old classic thing that people have always talked about, but like well, you guys watched it. I stopped at level two. Yeah, and the thing is, is I should have realized this. I literally watched it, I think, five or six times because I watched it every time that one of our one of my like friends came over because I just wanted to show them. And it's one of those things where like how we talked about Bianca Devins. Like it's one of those things where you see it and you just can't forget it. You know what I mean? Like and it's and you're like not any better for having seen it. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. you will you'll always remember it. And this that can go back to your original story, Tara. Uh <laughs> Tara. My bad. No, you're fine. Sorry, Tara. <laughs> I'm just talking a lot and yeah. I apologize. You are totally but fine. Your original story, like it goes back to that as well. Like all those men that are walking around. They like they they'll remember that for the rest of life. I don't know how they keep going at this point, to be honest. But um, I just feel like for all those out there that are listening to this, take care of yourself mentally because that's really important. A lot of these crimes are completely preventable. Exactly. Yeah. I, I... Yes. Have had we had if there was better mental health awareness there would probably yeah. be a little bit less, I would like to think. Yeah. And I feel like the glorification on social media also does play a factor into it. Yes. Uh, com- coming off what I was saying with, you know, the, um, you know, posting all this stuff, getting their five seconds of fame. I feel like social media as a whole has started to develop into this thing of where, you know, instead of us sharing, you know, hey, you know, just got my first car, you know, got my driver's license, stuff like that has become more of a thing of where, oh, you know, this this person just got murdered. This person's getting all this news um, about them. Let me try something similar to that and see if I become this famous person on social media, even if it's for like a year or so. Or, yeah, yeah, it's all about internet more... stardom. Yes. Even more mundane stuff where it's like, hey, I'm going to go into the CVS and just knock all of the shit off the shelves because I think it's funny. And, you know, you see a lot of shit like that now. And it's it's reflective of a, of a society where just anything and anything that is like, I don't know how to put it. It's it's just it's not a good thing. It's not a good too entitled. To yeah, yeah, it's not a good trend to have. So, you know, just a reminder, take a break from social media because that's not all there is. There's a lot more out there. Go outside, touch yes, grass. grass. Speaking of Lay social in the media, grass. I've been I've been using TikTok too much to the point where like I started just like endlessly scrolling sometimes and like I literally hours I sleep. Yeah, hours, <laughs> literally hours will go by and then I'm just like Bro, I, I've literally been just on here looking at random stuff. And, like, I mean, I deleted it recently. And, yes, I do watch a lot of YouTube still. But I feel like that's a lot better because I'm not... Like, literally, I would just open my phone. First thing I would do is just 
go to pull up TikTok, it like literally became muscle memory where I was just opening it. And I think it's really healthy to uh, stray away from things like that every now and then. Yeah. Travel, yeah. go do something, get a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Get start, a pet. Start just, playing instruments, you know. Just don't do become a serial killer. Yeah, yes. you'll have so much more gratification with actually learning something hard, especially if you're in your teenage years or, you know, your adult years. Learning an instrument, you know, playing guitar, playing drums, writing songs. I, I sound kind of biased with that because I do do that. However, there's much more gratification to it because now you are, you're learning something that you wouldn't have thought you would have learned in five years. Um, and it's just this thing to where you're like, oh, you know, me seeing this funny meme, haha, I get about five seconds of uh, endorphins running through my brain because I found this hilarious. But learning an instrument, you're going to have, you know, depends on how long you do it for, you can have six months of endorphins or a year of endorphins. Stuff yeah. like that. If I may say, if there's three, 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 uh, Excuse me. Three things to pull away from this podcast today would be one, touch grass. Two, check your child's browser history. And three, get a hobby. Yes. 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 Very much so. Firmly agree. And my warning to everyone out there do not watch the gauntlet, whatever you do. You're just going to want to watch it even more now. Stay yeah. away from Live Leak too. It's not even a thing yeah. anymore. But stay away from snuff. Yeah. Yes, you're all not a better that. person. You're not edgy for seeing it. You're not. Yeah, it doesn't stay make you cool. Snuff. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It's only traumatizing. It's only going to open your brain to more violence and desensitize it to more violence, which will make you crave more violence. So, yes. Stay away from snuff. Yep. Human brain is a fragile thing. Um, But that's going to wrap up today's episode of Headspace. I hope everyone has at least made it to this point. Um, We thank all of our listeners. Thank you to those who actually did listen to all of this. Yep. Thank you for all of our listeners. Uh, We are growing um, at a very good rate. Um, So I just want to take a quick thank you for everybody who has listened, uh, whether you be in uh, the Czech Republic, um, Bolivia, Taiwan, Sweden, the U.S. Yes, I hope we get some Antarcticans. Um, But yeah, (laughs) this wraps up today's episode of Headspace. I hope everyone has a great day and a great rest of their week. Um, And we will see you guys next week on another episode of Headspace. Everybody take care and thank you for listening. And actually, before we go, Tara, do you have anything? No, I'm not that interesting. I think I got my point across. Yep. All right. All right. This wraps up it for this week. See y'all later. Adios. Amigos.